Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Man, what a joy it is to be with you today. Um, I have to be just completely transparent with you. Um, This has not been the week I anticipated it being. Have you ever had those weeks? You just, um, you get up on Monday and you're like, man, this is going to be, you know, everything's going to be great. You know, this is going to be a better week than the week before and and I'm going to be, everything's going to be just fine and if if I'm just being honest with you, this has probably been one of the toughest weeks I have faced in many, many years. And I had planned on starting Revelations this morning. Have you ever read Revelations? Okay, there's, there's typically two crowds, okay? There's two Revelations crowds, okay? There's the, the crystal ball-like, ooh, ah crowd, okay? They read Revelations and it just stirs in them, okay? And then you have the people over here. You'll read like chapters one through four because that, that's okay, but everything after four is scary and we're, not just, gonna, we're just not gonna talk about that because that's weird and it's a lot of weird stuff. Um, but we're actually gonna start Revelations next week. So if, if I've got you hooked, um, come back next week. Good to see. Do you like that? Do you see what I did there? Um, but in all honesty, I, I don't know. Today's, today's just a challenging day. And so with that, what I realized is when you face hard weeks, everybody say hard weeks. When you face hard weeks, uh, there's two responses to, to a, uh, a hard season, a uh, difficulty. And one response is to try and fix it, the problem, okay? The other response, and at least for followers of Christ, is to look what's behind the problem, okay? What, what's going on behind the scenes? And, and I don't know, does it, does it ever feel like you're limited or uh, you're feeling hindered or unproductive? You ever just go through a day where you do nothing? Now, some of you enjoy those days. I, I've got to admit, I enjoy a day just mindlessly numbing at Netflix, okay? I'm okay with that. Or mowing the grass. Now, if, if you know me, you know I enjoy cutting grass. I would cut grass all day long uh, just because you can't bother me. And, um, and if you do, I can run over you. Um, but one thing I, in the life of our church, with everything going on in our community and the world around us, one thing I have become keenly aware of 
is that we are under a spiritual attack. Marriages falling apart, families at odds, people losing work, financial struggles, kids acting a fool. Um, You name it. You name it, and people are facing it today. This isn't some ethereal thing, and for many in this room, you're facing it this moment. And it feels like something is choking the life out of your spiritual walk. Something's choking the life out of your family, and I'm here to tell you. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so what does that mean, preacher? Here's what it means. There is things at work that you cannot see that are warring against you connecting with God. And it's not voodoo. It's not magic. There are Spiritual realms that we cannot see, but man, can we feel them in the physical when the devil is at work. And so my intention this morning is to expose the enemy and all his tricks. I'm so sick of getting phone call after phone call of of attack uh, here, an attack there, and, and then it's almost like people are like, how do I fix this? And they're not even looking at a spiritual cause. And so I want to expose the enemy this morning and give us some warning signs. Everybody say warning signs. Warning signs that you're under a spiritual attack. Warning signs. Because, you know, they say with heart disease, like if you have a heart attack, um, if you can recognize the signs, right, ahead of time, it can prevent things from happening down the line, right? Um, It's the same thing spiritually. If you can recognize when and how the devil is trying to get at you, you can combat it instead of down the line having a heart attack and a complete fall down. Um, and uh, this is kind of an appropriate message for Father's Day, so let me say Happy Father's Day. That's not, that's not just a token Happy Father's Day, but listen, how many of you have ever, you know on Mother's Day, you know what they do on Mother's Day, and maybe, maybe this is fleshly, okay, so I'll step over here, Bible over there. Um, it could be on Mother's Day, we're like rubbing mom's backs and we're like getting her massages and we'll, we'll march them through the church with fancy hats and we'll just say, look at our moms. They're great. And you come to church on Father's Day and the preacher gets up and he's like, you are worthless. I cannot believe God wasted skin on you. Get it together. You know it's true. So this fits. This fits in two ways. One, I believe fathers, as the heads of their houses, should guard against spiritual attacks on their homes. Hey, and look, dads, if you're not doing that, you're falling down on the job. So there's, there's the little pat on the butt. That's all I'm giving you today. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm just telling you, 
as the spiritual head of your house, you cannot let the devil get at your family. So number one, when under spiritual attack, the very first thing you will see is there is a loss of spiritual desire. A loss of spiritual desire. In Psalms 1, it would say, blessed is the man that delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night, right? So the blessed life involves delighting in the ways of God. Um, in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, it says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, right? So this is desire. The very first thing the devil will attack is your desire for God. And that may look different for each of us. You may notice that you're starting to pray less. You're spending less time talking to God. You may find yourself reading your Bible less. Now, those are a preacher's typical first two, right? You almost zoned out. Come back to me. But you may go to church less. Listen, if you can miss church for two to three weeks and it not wrestle with your soul, the devil is taking a pull at your desire. He is. If it doesn't bother you to, to miss community with other believers, and I'm preaching to Christians particularly right now, um, and, and we'll get to non-Christians here in a minute, because this is the type of community you need. But the very first thing to go is your desire for God. You don't want to obey him. You don't think about him. A matter of fact, he may be your last go-to. Especially when you're in a fight and under attack. Why is it that we as believers will oftentimes go to God last and say, well, let's take it to the Lord. Now, you know, I've done all I can do, right? Man, if you are losing your spiritual desire to know God, it's the very first sign you're under a spiritual attack. The second, the second thing you'll see is this, and there are six of these, and you're like, okay, let me check my my clock. Baby, you, you're going to have to get, keep my time. I don't know where my phone is. And I don't want to keep these people here till 5 p.m. So <laughs> don't tell that joke again. Got it. Loss of spiritual desire. Number two, physical and emotional exhaustion. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not talking... Like, um, like you just ran a, a, a race and you're physically exhausted. Um, but I'm talking about the type of exhaustion where you just can't seem to get back up from. There's no, you don't, it's day after day, week after week, all of a sudden you're losing your desire, you're praying less, you're, you're not hanging around God's people, and then all of a sudden you're physically exhausted. Daniel 7.25 says that the, the enemy will wear out the saints. You know what the devil's trying to do? Keep you busy and wear you out. Paul would say it this way, you'll become weary in well-doing. You're under spiritual attack. 
All of a sudden, the good things that you once came so easy, all of a sudden, it's a burden, and I can't do it. I don't want to lead my family in devotional tonight. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Did you see what happens there? Look, I can't tell you how many times um, I, my daughter, who's not here this morning, so I can't point her out right here. And last week, I called her out, and she was very embarrassed, and she told me after service, don't do that again. Uh, Daddy, I don't like when you do that. <laughs> she was trying to, anyway, okay, I'm rabbit trailing. You can become weary in well-doing, and look, it seems so tiny, right? Seems tiny. Everybody say tiny. But when I don't sit down with my spouse to do a devotional, or I say, you know what, Macy, I'm too tired to pray with you tonight. Just go to bed. I'm going to lay here. You go to bed. Turn your sound machine off. Shut the door. Turn off the light. Go to bed. You're old enough to do that. You know what that is? The devil has been working at exhausting me so he can chip away and spiritually attack my home. It sounds tiny, right? But wait till you're six months down the line and you haven't had a, a, a prayer time at the dinner table. You haven't done anything. I, if I'm just being transparent with you, I am looking back in my own life six months and I can see where the devil has just been wearing away and trying to steal the joy from my household. And maybe, maybe y'all are too upright and righteous for this message, but I'm telling you, the devil is out to seek whom he may devour, and he's after our families. Dads, he's after your family. This is not a question mark. It is uh, affirmative. The devil is after your family. Teenagers, listen, he is after your soul. Don't, don't write this off as some uh, crazy shouting preacher that, that maybe he's going through a hard time, but it's not, he's coming for you. Yeah, every one of us, if you're, everybody do this, okay, um, you, he's coming for you, and you need to be aware when he's doing it, physical exhaustion. In 1 Kings 19, we find Elijah, this is a cool story, Elijah has just slain 450 prophets, like false prophets, that's a lot of, anybody ever slain 450 people? Yeah, you wouldn't admit any here, would you? Um, Greatest, one of the greatest victories he has seen as a man of God. And we find him, and, and let me just insert this. You will often find spiritual attacks after one of your greatest victories or, or right before God's gonna bring you into one. You will find the utmost friction and the utmost exhaustion. You will find yourself busy with stupid stuff you're over here YouTubing how to make a clown out of banana paper, and, and, and the whole while, your family's slipping off into sin. <laughs> that was a joke, but again, I, I'm striking out this morning. Don't tell banana jokes. But you have to watch. After a victory, in that lull, it's in that lull, right after God has just done something amazing in your family, or you've got the promotion, it's in that lull, in that place where in idle time, you just all of a sudden start letting the devil slip in in your apathy, or maybe you're just not paying attention. That's why it says, be sober, 
be vigilant. I don't know if this is okay to say or not, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think we have one of the most apathetic Christian communities I've ever seen. Apathetic uh, meaning lazy. Meaning my grandfather, I would watch him. He had the same routine every day. No matter what was up, no matter what was going on, he hit his garage because he had a garage with a little cot in it to get away from my grandmother. And um, that was kind of his space. Um, it's good to think of him on Father's Day. Um, because he was diligent and he worked hard at his relationship with the Lord. He made it a priority. And I'm afraid many Christians kind of take these attacks and they don't know why and what's going on. And it's because we haven't done the due diligence because we've been idle. But anyway, we find Elijah and he's physically exhausted. In fact, uh, Jezebel at the time, so she finds out that this guy's done killed 450 of her false prophets, right? And, and she says, I'm coming for you. And I'm gonna make you just like them in 1 Kings 19. I'm gonna kill you. And so he runs and he finds himself in a cave Running, 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 trying to avoid what's coming. Now think about this. The Lord just helped him kill 450 prophets. Why has he got to run? Why? He doesn't. He's scared. The devil has got him scared and he's got him exhausted. And this is a cool story because he goes to this cave and he passes out and he wakes up to an angel making him something to eat. Yeah. I get the same experience when I come home sometimes and my wife's cooking dinner. Uh-huh. Check. Do that one again. He wakes up to an angel cooking him breakfast, lunch, dinner, I don't know what time it was. And the angel says to him, arise and eat. And he does, and then he goes back to sleep. And then the angel makes him another meal. I don't know, but I feel like as I'm reading this, I'm like, man, this is probably like some fried chicken. Like, yeah, hey, thank you. Praise God. Mac and cheese. You know, just something good and filling. What's the point, Pastor? Where are you going with this? Your physical health and your physical exhaustion is not something to ignore. It's not something to ignore. Someone told me a long time ago that they invented muffins. Muffins were designed so people wouldn't feel bad about eating cake for breakfast. And I love muffins. Uh, but I have been convicted in the last little bit about what I'm eating. Now... The Lord's still working on me, okay? Somebody say amen. But if the devil can make you weary and exhausted, if the devil can make you weary, he can get at you spiritually. So 
So the two are not disconnected. Don't just think that your health being down in the dumps, all of a sudden all you want is junk food and you have all these desires. Yeah, it might be because you're addicted to carbs or something like that, but I'm telling you, the devil is trying to exhaust you to spiritually get at your heart. Even Jesus in the wilderness. When did Jesus get tempted in the wilderness? When he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And what did the devil tempt him with? Here's some bread. Look at all this you can have. Why don't you just jump off of here? All these temptations, all this falling comes when we are physically exhausted. Even Jesus himself. You know the devil has no new tricks, right? He ain't got no new tricks. He's been doing the same thing since the beginning of time. Number three. I call this a lack attack. I heard this somewhere. A lack attack. Have you ever had just had all your resources go bad at one time? Like, uh, like your washing machine breaks. When we first moved into our house, I felt like it was one thing after the other. Uh, we set the, the washing machine going one day, and of course me and my wife were in a fight, so I wasn't talking to her. And uh, we'll move in stressful. Oh, it's y'all aren't. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sinful. Maybe you're not. Um, Lord's working it out in me, okay? I'm better than I used to be, praise God. So I'm laying on the couch. I hear it start drizzle-dizzling. And I'm like, man, is it raining outside? She's upstairs. And I come walking around. I look up the stairs. I'm like, hey, is it raining? And I realize the rain is behind me. And I turn around, and there's rain pouring from my exhaust fan in the Downstairs bathroom. What did you do? She's, you know, it, it only made things worse for a little bit. And then we realized we had a catastrophe on our hands. The hose came out of the washer out upstairs and it discharged a whole load of water. And it just rained down. You could see it following the seams of the sheetrock in the living room. And I'm like, I'm not a sheetrock guy. But everything went bad. Washer and dryer, I mean, everything goes bad. Um, and I, listen, I'm not saying everything's a demonic attack. Can I say that? Everything is not a demonic attack. Um, I can't rebuke my light bill, okay? Can't do that. That's not a demonic attack. I can't, but also I can't write a check and just be like, oh, Lord, cover this, okay? That, that's not faith. That's a felony, okay? <laughs> everything's not a demonic attack, But everything seems to happen at once. And it's, it's the devil. I t I'm telling you, sometimes it's the devil when it seems like you're completely surrounded by distraction. The devil is trying to get your attention away from the Lord. If he can do that, pull our eyes away from him. What do the Psalms say? Look to the hills where our help comes from. Um, I'm reminded of the story in Matthew 14, where Peter, okay, sees Jesus walking on the water, right? Um, Jesus calls him out and says, hey, Peter, come out here on the water. And so Peter puts one foot out of the boat and then uh, puts his other foot, and he starts walking, strutting. And the Bible says that all of a sudden he was distracted by the storm 
He took his eyes away from Jesus. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was walking on the water. He got distracted by everything going on around him. And what happened? He began to sink into the water. Why is the devil trying to distract you? Because if you take your eyes off of Jesus, all of a sudden, you will begin to sink. Don't be naive, people. That's all I'm saying. Don't be naive. Number four, prayer attack. What time we got? Oh, look. Look at you. Technology. She's got uh, 10, uh, 1046 right here. On, uh, set your iPhone. Hey, if you're online, this is, you should come for this. This is really, this is actually what happens here. You'll, get a, you'll, you'll find yourself being attacked in your desire for the Lord. You'll find yourself physically exhausted. You'll find yourself, everything seems to be going wrong. Nothing is going right. And here's the, number, the, the fourth reason, the fourth thing you will find is that the devil will attack your prayer life. He'll attack your prayer life. In, in Matthew 26, we find Peter, man, Peter's, Peter's been all, he's all over the place, okay? Peter is, uh, um, Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, I'm gonna sift you as wheat. We're gonna see what's good and what's bad in you. And then invites him to a prayer meeting. That prayer meeting being in the Garden of Gethsemane. Everybody say, Gethsemane. Peter gets to the garden, falls asleep. Jesus comes back, finds him asleep, and then in verse 41 of 26, this is what Jesus says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. As a matter of fact, let me, let me read you the whole thing. Um, Matthew 26, he's about to go to the cross, um, and this is really important for you to get, um, verse 41. Listen to this. Peter has now been woken up. Have you ever fallen asleep while you're praying? Anybody? Okay, the rest of you are liars. Um, we'll have an altar call here in a minute. Um, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. You see the point of praying? What's the point of praying? Yeah, it's not hard. You got it. Crowd participation. So you don't fall into temptation. And so Peter falls asleep. The devil will do anything to keep you from praying. Anything. You'll turn your phone off of ring. The thing will just start buzzing nonstop. Notification, notification. The kids will start screaming. Somebody gets hurt. He will do anything. Your wife will tell you to take out the trash. Um, anything to stop you. The Jehovah's Witness will bounce up on your front porch right as you hit your knees. The devil will do anything to distract you from talking to God. And here's what happened. Here's what happened to Peter. Okay, he fell asleep like three times. Okay, so he didn't pray at all. He just kept falling to sleep. 
all of a sudden, all these guards, all these soldiers sweep in to take Jesus. And what does Peter do? Hey, that's good. Come up here and preach. Takes that sword out of his and, and slices a guy's ear off in Jesus' name. Jesus picks up the ear and puts it back on. The attack came in the flesh, and Peter responded in the flesh. You know why? He hadn't been praying. Because Jesus had just said, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. Many of us today are responding to fleshly things. What does the Bible say? We war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, right? That's what it says in Ephesians, right before it tells us to put on the armor of God, right? There is a reason you're responding fleshly to fleshly attacks. It's because you're not walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Why are you responding fleshly? Why are you trying to fix it with your hands instead of on your knees? It's like showing up to a gunfight with a knife. It's going to do you no good. We need to pray. I could implore you to do anything today. It would be if you are facing insurmountable odds. Or maybe you're just feeling exhausted with everything going on. Do not let the devil keep you from praying. Do not let the devil keep you from praying. Number five, quickly, sin creeps up. You will see that you're drifting from the Lord and that you're under spiritual attack. So he's taken your desire. He's made you physically exhausted, distracted you with all this stuff. And now all of a sudden you're praying less. You're sleeping on the job. You're responding fleshly to things. And you, what happens when you respond fleshly? You sin. Right? We find ourselves running consistently to things that will not fix the problem. Run to the bottle. Maybe you run to gossip. Maybe you run to vacation. Um, many of us try to find these life-giving sources. Um, you used to find it in the Spirit of God, but now you're going elsewhere to find life and enjoyment. And that is where you find yourself in a place where you're walking in the flesh and not the spirit. So when old sins that you think you used to have on lock creep up in your life, you need to check and make sure you're not under spiritual attack because more than likely you are. Number six, and then I've got a couple other things. I said this last week or maybe the week before. Um, as a pastor, you know how I know you're under spiritual attack? You know what the first giveaway for the pastor is? You pull away from godly relationships. You pull away from godly relationships. And look, I'm... Uh, Growing up in church, right, 
I grew up in church. In the churches I grew up in, if I had a sin issue, okay, so I'm wrestling with sin or something like that. I grew up in a church where I had to run to the altar each week to get saved all over again. Uh, uh, and I was just exhausted by it. And, and, and our natural response to going through hard times is this. We pull away from the people of God. You'll find yourself not wanting to go to church or be around Christian folks. That is the devil attacking you. Because he knows if you're around the people of God, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this to you. The devil will try and separate you from your spiritual support system. You see the picture in Matthew 18 where Jesus goes after the one lost sheep. The reason he goes after that sheep is because it's dangerous by yourself out there. Right? He, you're his. He wants to bring you back into the fold. And many of us, like the prodigal son, I could go story after story where you can't get it right and things aren't working out. You're under spiritual attack. Look, he's listening. Every word I'm saying, this little boy right here, he said, preach it, pastor. Thank you. I'm glad somebody's awake. <laughs> she said, is he talking about me? Um, the first thing the devil will try and do is separate you from the people of God. Can I, can I just admonish you with one thing this morning before I move on to what do you do if you're under spiritual attack? If you're under spiritual attack, run to the people of God, not away. Run to the church, not away. And I can tell you this, there may be churches where you can't, you don't feel comfortable doing that because everybody comes in on Sunday morning, hey, hey, pastor, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. And the whole while, his marriage is falling apart at home. Let me tell you something. In the, like over this COVID period, I can count one, two, three, four pastoral marriages that have fallen apart in the last six months. But every day they come to church, hey, everything's good, everything's fine. Most of the time, if me and my wife have a disagreement, you're gonna hear about it on Sunday morning when I preach. So I might need more prayer than you think. See, that's not the devil attacking. That's me being probably more stupid. Uh, don't run away. You may not feel comfortable to do it at other churches where they might condemn you for not walking in the light. But listen, listen. Transformation Church is a place you can come. And look, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Hey, it's okay to not be okay here, but it's not okay to stay there. So if you're looking for a church where you can mull in your sin, this isn't the place either. But if you are desire, you are in a spiritual attack and you need somebody to link arms with you, this is the place to do it. Don't run to your friends that don't have any care for your soul past this. Like when this body goes in the ground, I want to make sure I hung around people who cared about my soul that's going to live past it. 
I need to hang around people who care about that. Not just people who like me in the here and now. I need people who are going to care for my soul. You need people who are going to care for your soul. Some of you aren't cool with that like yet, but I'm telling you, you'll warm up to it. There is nothing, we say this often, there is nothing better than to be fully known, fully, completely exposed and fully loved at the same time. That's Jesus Christ. Hear me today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, listen to me. There's nothing better. Because you, 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 when we're around all our other friends and other people, we feel like we have to put on this facade. What Jesus gave me is a reason to just be me. I don't need to be anything more than I am because of his grace and his mercy. So what do you do if you're under spiritual attack? Only two things, not six, okay? Some of y'all are like, wow, this guy's really windy this morning. Yeah. Um, sorry. Come back next week. We're going into Revelations. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> what to do? One, I feel like the Lord would have me tell you to remember you've been made to outlast the storm. Hear me, Christian. You have been made to outlast the storm. The picture in Matthew 7, 24 through 27 is these two houses. One built on the rock and one built on the sand. And what Jesus was saying was this. The man that built his rock is the man that, uh, who, who follows, who do, does what I said to do, who obeys me. He built his house on a rock. But he who does not obey me is the one who builds his house on the stand. So that when the waves come and the storms come and, and they're battering against the house. Hear me, Christian. Your foundation is strong. The walls may fall apart, the windows get blown out, but Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, will hold you together. There is no wind, there is no tornado, there is no marriage issue, there is no ornery person at work, there is no hateful friend that can knock down the foundation that Christ has built in you. You were made to outlast this storm. You were made to outlast this storm. I, uh, I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago, old buddy from college, and um, he was looking back. He was talking about some of the people we used to hang out with in college, and believe it or not, I, didn't, I haven't always hung out with a great crowd. Believe it or not. I know it's shocking. Oh, look at that voodoo. You see that? Lord, thank you. The Lord must want me to take a drink and keep on preaching. Yeah, I hope you're ready. He was talking about, kind of talking about pulling away from relationships because my second point is what to do. Don't forsake the power of partnership. Don't forsake the power of partnership. The people we used to hang out with weren't the brightest and I don't know if that says something about me or them, 
but I'm just telling you who we hung out with. And oftentimes, when we get in the thick of it as a Christian, is it okay to be honest? We get in the thick of an attack, and this is what he was telling me on the phone, because he's in the middle of it right now with his wife. And not, not in a good way, not in like a take the trash out way or like, uh, you know, something ridiculous. I mean, their marriage could end. And he said some of the weirdest stuff. He's like, man, I'm just thinking back to when I wasn't serving the Lord. And at least I had friends back then. I feel like I got no friends now. And things were so much easier then. Things were easier. And I was like, this is my response to him. I was like, brother, listen. Back when we were around those people, and those, they didn't care about us. We were broke. When I didn't have gas money, they wouldn't give me any gas money. No. Once we were done, we were done. And, and they were not good friends. And it's almost like we Christians can almost, especially new Christians, we can almost look back at the old life and say, oh man, it, must have, it was so much better then and almost rewrite history. Because let me tell you something. What Jesus did for me, none of those friends could do. He saved me. He redeemed me. He found me. Yeah, he brought me to life. He called me. He called you. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. So let me encourage you just for a minute. Some of y'all need to say that. Just say, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. We'll work on the timing later. He is the best thing. Listen, don't forsake the power of partnering with the right people. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says what? We just talked about this a little while ago. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, uh, two are better than one when you've fallen down. Why? Because there's someone to help you back up. Let me tell you something I never got out of my non-Christian friends that my truly Christian friends do wonderfully. When I fall down, my non-Christian friends would just do this number. And they'd come back when I get my act together. A Christian friend will do this. Come here. Right? The Bible also says, any, when any two shall agree, it shall be done. Uh, the Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand, three, a hundred thousand. You get the power of partnership here with the right people. I need a couple volunteers real quick as I get ready to close. Ian, if you want to come on up, you can. Not everybody at one time, okay? I'm not going to. Okay, come on up, Woody. Okay, come on up. I was, I heard a long time ago. Anybody a tree nerd? Okay, come on up here. Yeah, come on up. Don't get embarrassed. Come on close. I don't bite. Not hard. Um, I've been in landscaping a long time, and in learning about trees, um, like the palm tree, I've always been interested how trees weather storms. And palm trees, you know some palm trees have roots that are a mile deep? Yeah. That's why 
when those hurricanes come, they, they just sway, but they, 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 they never uproot those palm trees. And they'll get tall, you know, they'll get tall, but they don't get 300 foot tall. You know what gets 300 foot tall? Redwoods, right? Now these palm trees can sway that way during a storm because they have deep roots. A 300 foot redwood tree, you know how deep their roots are? Six to 12 feet. Six to 12 feet. And out of curiosity, I tried to figure out why that was. And so uh, a guy told me, a ranger out in that area, uh, he wrote an article about it. Here's what happens. Here, you stand over here. A redwood tree doesn't grow deep, okay? Six to 12 foot deep, it grows 50 foot wide. 50 foot wide. And the strength of the redwood is that it links in, come over here, it links in with other, it, it intertwines with the root systems of all those redwoods around it. So when the storm comes, it's, it, it's, it doesn't fall over because it's partnered with. So when I'm falling down, I, I, I can have you pray for me. Or when my marriage needs help and when you need help, I'll pray for you. Do you see what happens? This is the power of partnership where God, here, thank you guys, thank you, I appreciate that. When we talk about the power of community, this is why it's so important to be in church. Because while friends outside of the church can oftentimes, and I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying a non-Christian can't be a good friend. I've got plenty of non-Christian friends that are good friends. But I'm telling you, the power of community is instead of tumbleweeds, we get linked, rooted discipleship and care. And so um, I want to read you a psalm as I close this morning. Psalms 130. And so I want to I do something here. I want everybody to close your eyes and not go to sleep, okay? And I just want to read this over your soul. Psalms 130 says, From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O oh Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I long for the Lord more than centuries long for the dawn. Yes, more than centuries long for the dawn. O oh, Israel, Hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.